We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's three guys who combined to play 15 seasons in the National Football League trenches. Well, two guys. And Mackie, who didn't do shit. He just, he just sits there and looks pretty. This is the O-Line Committee. Some dumb football questions? Let's do it. Let's fire Let's them off roll. here. It's been all the rage, man. People uh, <laughs> can barely keep it. up with all your dumb, dumbass football questions that people are throwing <laughs> in the comments. They're so good. <laughs> What's funny is, so Boone and I started doing this as like a one-off, like one question a week on Purple Daily last year, and I felt like an idiot asking some of these. But now that I see how many dumb football questions actually exist... <laughs> You probably don't. You guys embrace it. It's great. Absolutely. (laughs) Also, I love from our last video, we got the comments like when you make a term sheet. I think it's a great idea because we do throw terms out there that are just purely vernacular to us. Like it's no, it's everyday language for us, but it is a completely different language, right? So we'll work on that. We'll get that. We'll get that put up for the season so that when season tape rolls around, we'll have a term sheet that you can go back and it's like a key, like in elementary school is like, what's this word mean? And then you click over here and you're like, ah, it means three by one. If you have, exactly. we could actually put something, you can put like really lengthy descriptions on the YouTube videos and on the Apple and Spotify. If you send me something that's like, I don't know, even like a c- couple hundred words long, we could just put it in every one of the videos and we'll episodes we do. That'd be perfect. On. Yeah, okay. I get that a lot. Stop talking like that. All right. So here's a dumb football question. Number one, it's actually just for me because I'm curious this week. Aaron Rodgers has had a pretty interesting week just publicly. So he took he took a pay cut. And I love how he strong-armed the Packers for a couple of years to you know get like fifty million dollars a year, and then he gets to the Jets. He's like, you know, I could see you know the need to free up some space for some other players, <laughs> and the Packers are like, what? Uh, so Rodgers takes a pay cut, and then maybe the bigger thing this week, you know, Sean Payton speaking to USA Today, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, basically said the 2022 Denver Broncos that I'm now taking over was one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen. End quote. And then Aaron Rodgers responds on NFL Network by saying, keep my coach's name, Nathaniel Hackett, out of your mouth. So we've got these two like future Hall of Famers going at each other. So my dumb football question is when Aaron Rodgers takes a pay cut for the Jets and then stands up for the coach publicly, to what extent does that resonate in the locker room? Like in terms of like good graces and good feels? It goes back to what we talked about, and I think it was even just the last episode of like the off-the-field nonsense that will spill over into the on-the-field play, right? Like it's not going to affect Aaron, right? Aaron, he's used to staying up there, but what it is going to affect is Garrett Wilson, 
it is going to affect some of the young players that are going to be like, hey, what do you think about your quarterback's comments in the media? What do you think about quarterback comments? What do you think about Aaron's comments about Nathaniel Hackett? And they now have to spend time and energy thinking about that to answer that and prep with that with their agent, their PR team, whoever it is, because you don't want to say the wrong thing. And also, you're like, I can't really like piss off. I don't want to piss off Aaron, but at the same time, like I don't want to go against Sean Payton. Like that's just it's not a good look. So I think that causes issue, but it does it does show resolve. It does show galvanization of that offensive that offensive side of the Jets, right? That's a defensive minded team with Salia. And I think him standing up for Hackett is really going to, like, A, it's making the team be like, all right, we got to go out and show that Hackett's the real deal, right? Like, we got we to gotta stand behind our quarterback's comments here. I think that's the best pro that comes out of this, but there are going to be some cons that fall out of it from the PR side. I think there's always cons, though, but I think, honestly, I loved it. I think that any time that a guy like that stands up, especially, like you said, the circumstances, defensive-led team, all of a sudden the first day the quarterback, massive star shows up, takes a huge pay cut and comes in and is like, hey, by the way, you ever talk about my coach again? It's on in the parking lot. Like, we're going to do this damn thing, right? Like, he, people in Green Bay are probably like, man, he never said that about anybody here. First day, he's like, yo. McCarthy? Yeah, he's a yeah Mike McCarthy's yeah. crying in the corner. <laughs> right? <laughs> I swear I gave him everything. But, it, it, but for me, and I'm telling you right now, in the rooms, and we said this last week, that lets you know, I'm not playing around. Okay, mm-hmm. those comments will not be directed towards us, my friends, this team. And at the same time, we're going to go out now and we're going to beat the shit out of everybody. And I can't wait to watch that game because if you think it didn't get personal, there's not a lot of ch- – I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of times I've stuck my foot in my mouth, okay? What? This is no. no. You this is you never. May, maybe you say that. I was just saying how I really felt, so I don't ever feel like it was sticking my foot in my mouth. But what Sean Payton did was totally disrespectful. Like, to come out and be like, this guy ran a totally horrific organization. One of the worst coaches. Like, I'm going to go out here and be like, I don't know if that's so true, dude. I can't blame everything on one guy. Because I know there's a million people in that facility that all should take a lot of credit. I'm just saying to come out and be like, he's the worst coach in the NFL. is like, see, I I think he did his little CYA. Little cover your ass, right? I don't even care how you did it. But that like, was still disrespectful. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I it think was it definitely a CYA. Like, but in I think case it's this him goes going bad, like, man, yeah. if this goes really poorly this year, like, I need, I told I need him, to have, I need to have a comment out here that's like, yep. see what I was dealing with, see what I have to try and remedy, right? Like, I think that cool was that. more, that was more of his, but like the way he went about it Agreed. wasn't correct. But 100%. I do think the whole idea in his brain was like, I need to put a little cover my ass here in case this doesn't work out right away. Which is totally cool. If you want to throw something out there like mine or like, hey, guys, it's 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 a big change from last year. We're working a lot of new things, a lot of new disciplines. Like there's easy ways to throw that out there. The minute you're like, this guy is the worst coach, I feel like you're just instantly like, what are you doing? Number one, you're putting my ass on this hot seat because that defense is going to come out now and they're going to be rip-roaring. Because if you think Aaron's not going to be in that meeting, like, hey, boys, we're taking that personal. We're coming after these dudes this week. They want to keep that quarterback upright. Let's see what happens. He's probably going to put up like 600 yards. He's going to go crazy, dude. I mean, it's one of those things that as a coach, I feel like they do a really good job of, but this was just a poor choice of words. Dude, circle it. Uh, Sunday, October 8th, week five. Can't wait. Can't wait. Jets at Denver, and that's going to be, I think, a Romo-Nance game on CBS in mm. the middle of the afternoon. Can't we, wait. That might get, be like a Rodgers throw a touchdown, do the title belt, stare over to Sean Payton kind of a thing. Huh? Oh, for sure. For sure he's going. I can't wait. Is it that's is it fair to say that this is kind of where I'm at with this? Sean Payton was probably right, but 
it's all sort of Probably in the was. past. Everyone like everyone feels bad. Oh God, Nathaniel Hackett was just maybe not ready for that job or whatever it was. It was a train wreck, but everyone's kind of moved past it. And then he comes off as kind of a bully saying that everyone already knows it's true. Yeah, that was a train wreck last year. But I don't know that you need to say it publicly unless there's Correct. some sort of cover your ass selfish motivation behind Correct. it. Correct. Yeah, one hundred percent. So we so we we'll saw. Go. I mean, I think all the football players in the world saw the writing on the wall. We were all like, "Man, this is just his way of being like, hey, if we go seven and nine this year, nobody get upset, okay?" But at the same time, like, it was all because of this one guy. Just so nobody forgets, this one guy caused all these problems. Like, it's like, dude, seven. And you've 10, had a dude. whole. There's there's seventeen. Whole, there's seventeen start. games though. Seven and yeah. ten, whatever it is. It is hard. You've had a whole year know. with these guys. It should be different by now. It should come out looking completely different. All right, dumb football question number two. This is from sort of a, a mixed bag of different people I've seen ask a variation of this. So it's a collaboration question from our YouTube audience. How do scripted plays work? We always hear as like fans and media, the first 15 plays of a game are scripted. What does that mean? Because obviously like mm. you're, it's not like run, pass, run. You know, it's is it like 15 plays that you could use in any order what do happens the, after the first? Is it fifteen plays? How do scripted plays work? Do you want the long answer or the short answer? Go for it. We got about all ten right. minutes left here, so however you want all to navigate right, that. So basically, the long answer is this: all throughout the week, coaches are constantly throwing out different plays all week to see what works. And as plays are going in, plays are going out. Right? Like we'll run a play on Wednesday. The coach is like, "That was stupid." And there's times we just skip right over it in the film room. Like, like that was dumb. We're not even gonna do that. So, like, I feel like as the week starts, they have their in their mind, they're like, this is the first 15. Let's go out and run all these plays, see how it looks in our situation. Do we like it? Do we not like it? And as long as they like it, it stays there. But as the week goes on, they're constantly tweaking it, moving it around. And then on Friday or Saturday, you get it. You go in on Saturday morning early, and the first thing you see is the first 15 plays of the game. One all the way down to 15. And I got a funny story after this. And so it's like, different plays and as you go on like most of them start run plays then they go to play action then there's a couple three steps there's never really a third down play in there because those have their own special categories so technically mm -hmm. the first 15 only consists of first and second down so it's like okay all right we get into a game we're going to start with z right 96 power and then from that we're going to go to i right 37 bob and then from there, it's going to go to 395 slant. And so you see the progression of the game. Right, we started power, and then we're going to give him a little zone. Then we're going to run a little play action zone. Then we're going to come back and run some G scheme. So it's basically as you go down, down, down. Now, Jeremiah has said many times on here, there are quarterbacks that can trump that. And as you're in that meeting, you're looking, and you're like, hey, tapping your buddy, like, hey, play 10. Let's get rid of it. Nobody wants to hold the ball for that long. Nobody's trying to block that guy this long. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Hey, coach, can we get rid of 10? Oh, thank you. Actually, no, coach wants to see 10. Shit. It's like you get so excited. And then all of a sudden, like, no, actually, that's one of our specialties. We're not getting rid of that one. Damn it. But go ahead, Jay. Well, I was just going to say to piggyback off of that, like, so Boone's exactly right. Right? Third downs are never involved in that because third down is your call sheet for third downs usually longer than your first and second down, right? Because it's third yeah. and three, third and, third and one to three, third and three to six, six to 10, 11 plus, whatever. But. What really is like you hear about the scripted plays, sometimes a lot of those plays are just to see what they line up to in that formation, right? A lot of times the first 15 is like, hey, if we line up in two by two and we do it five out of the first 15 and they line up the same five ways each time, then we're going to pivot and we're going to run this play out of two by two instead of this. Or, hey, they gave us a new look out of two by two when we lined up like this. 
So now we're going to pivot immediately and drop the last five of these openers and plug these five in because so like a lot of it's just the chess match of how are they lining up? What are they doing? Are they too high? Are they one high? Is it bare front, four man front? Like so much the openers, but it also defenses are doing the same thing. They're kind of feeling the offense out through those openers, right? What do they want to feel this game? What is their flavor of the day? Are they a zone? Are they a run? Are they play action? Which is why you usually see openers have a lot of success. Right, you usually see an offense march right down the field pretty yes. quickly at the beginning of the game because they have their plays that they know tendency-wise, hey, if I line up in this formation, they give me this defense or this coverage, blah, blah, blah. And so they have the perfect play called for it. And then after the openers, it's 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 gone. It's, it's the it's wild, over. wild west. It's the dude. wild you don't know west, what? dude. Like, yeah. As soon as you get through those openers, it's just like, okay, now you offensive coordinator, make your money. Right, Make your money. You have to now just go and play the chess match against this defensive coordinator. And then obviously it's our job to execute but like it's your job to put us in the best position based off of what you've seen from the openers yeah and i've seen i've seen uh first 15 scripts go the whole 15 where you're right on cue and everything's working really well and i've seen it go three plays and it's instantly hey we're hitting the third down button quickly and then all of a sudden it was like (laughs) hey remember that p and 10 you come out you're like hey it's supposed to be 97 bob right like yeah yeah yeah. change of plans we're gonna go two jet (laughs) oh wait 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 wait. we're on the left hash let's go three jet you're like shit Definitely not getting the slide. We're supposed to run zone. What are you talking about? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. We didn't get the look we wanted. And ah. also, the other piece of that, too, is like if you have an offensive coordinator that gets a little nervous in the service, talk about oh. running the ball, right? And like all week, he's like, we got to have efficient runs immediately. We got to have efficient runs. And you go out there and you get a minus run, you get a minus run on like the second or third play. You just know in the back of your head, like, well, we're going to throw the ball a lot today. Right, like, cause they they get so antsy and nervous instead of like so trust tight. it, like let it go. Like a two yard run or a one yard run in the first can turn into a six to an eight yard run in the fourth. Like stay with it. But so many offensive coordinators just get so nervous and think, oh, we got to score now, we got to do this now, and they start getting pass happy, and that's when the shit can really go off the rails. Yeah, you guys have hit on something too. Just like like the beginning of the game teams that run down the field i remember even like covering 15 years ago covering like the brad childress vikings and they would put any like Tavares jackson could be the starting quarterback or gus ferrat and they would march down the field and they would kick their field goal or score their touchdown but then when the game gets more kind of improvisational for play caller for quarterback reactionary second third quarter but then the fourth quarter comes around and sometimes offenses come back to life because now it's like we got to go. It's no huddle. It's comeback Whoa. time, right? It's two minutes. You just, defense. You made a great. Whole, we did the whole two minute thing, right? You go into yeah. a two minute situation. The defense doesn't have time to scheme up blitzes. They're back into their base. They go back into their tendencies, and that's when the great quarterbacks are able to. They film studied. They understand. Hey, this is the coverage. This is the tendency. Okay, this is the play I want to get to. Right. That's where you see the co- offenses come back to life. The game in the game within the game is the second and third quarter. Right when you come out of the third quarter, when you come out of halftime, if you get the ball, what do you do with it? Right for both offense and defense, do you stop them? Do you give it back to your offense? Like those are really, in my opinion, where the play callers make their money is in the second and third quarters, and the fourth quarter is all about the quarterback. It's- Especially because, like, like Jay said, well, and you said too with Brad Childress, like you first fifteen are scripted. That's normally the first quarter. Like we're going through the first quarter, everything's good. And after that, Jay said you're improvising. You're out there, and what do they do? But they're also making adjustments. And so as they're making adjustments, we're coming off to the sidelines going, okay, here, here's what they're doing after the first quarter. They're doing this now. Okay, well, now we're going to do this. And that's when it's like, here we go. We're starting to move our chess pieces, and it, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. All of a sudden, it doesn't start working till later. It's a constant fight back and forth, and it's super fun when you're in it. But sometimes it can be stressful 
because you're like trying to figure out the answers really, really fast. And everyone's like, hey, they're punting. And you're like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I need a Gatorade. <laughs> Do you guys like, have, hey. Alex, you said you had uh, a funny, funny story. story. Yeah, up. go ahead. So my guy, Jimmy, he was the man, dude. The man, the man, the man, right? Like the first 15 were his thing and he was all about it. Right? Jimmy Harbaugh. Yeah, we used to get into it and G-Row get up there with his sausage fingers. He'd be all like, all right, we're going to run three and and seven's going to be diabolical. Oh, God. And it was just like, you'd be like, oh, man, the silly professor up there going crazy. I loved him. But we would go to Seattle, and Jim was almost 100% positive, and I'm almost positive he's positive, that it's almost true, that Seattle was bugged, the whole hotel, right? Like, he didn't trust anybody. So he would, every time we would go there, you'd walk in the rooms, and he'd be like, everything I'm about to say is wrong. Don't believe me. And you'd be be like, wait, what? He'd be like, he pulled up this whole first 15. He'd be like, that's right. Yeah, Seattle, we're coming out firing tomorrow, baby. We're going two jet max. We're going max pro play one. And he'd be like throwing out these Hail Marys. We're going to go flea flicker. Fuck them. I don't care. I'd be like, dude, this guy is crazy. And then what they would do is – Around the entire hotel, they would leave random uh, first 15. Because, you know, the maids are always cleaning up. And there was always the theory. Hey, hey. They would leave them around. They'd leave fake play scripts. They would leave fake quarterback cards. They would just throw them in random garbages and be like, let's see if they're going to do it. I swear we had so much fun up there because it was almost like a war. It was like, don't be seen by the enemy. It was awesome, guys. We had so much fun. But the, I will tell you leaving, this. The leaving of the fake play scripts is dude, it's the best. Dude. If you ever awesome. lost that first 15, your ass was yes. dead. Dead. Like when they give you something, it's like you're giving this right back to us after the game. Like it's almost because I remember I was in the and league. They, they'd they, always put your name on it. They'd, they'd always put books. your name on it. Oh, yeah. So yeah. They'd, 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 they'd have books. Big they'd old have across it. So it was like, you hand this back to me at the end of this week. It, it should be like this. Mission Impossible or it's self-destruct no, it really was. after week two or something. Well, that's what the iPad started. Like, the iPad would just, if right. you lost your iPad, they had a oh. they had, they had a control-alt-delete button at the, like, if you if you even like, hey, I can't find my iPad, everything was just dead. Expensive paperweight, right? Just no longer mean anything. $10,000. Dude, it was more than that. But the the books were the best because they'd be so like the three ring binders. You would open it up, and Solari would always be like, first thing, first 15, first 15. Everybody's got it. All right. He'd be like, you're ready. You're ready. Like they just get so excited when they give you something and see you looking at it. It's all. That's, that's we got amazing. time for one more, Mackie, or no? Come on, now, uh, throw one up, hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me. We got, we got like two. I, old Macadac's got to get to training camp here today. You're not. Uh, you're just gonna miss training. stretch. You'll be fine. Oh, oh don't miss the warm up. It's more like I don't want to hey, miss. Like I've never. Are we going to go together? Facility. Are we going to go together? Are you going today? Are you going to be? Yeah, I'm not house? going today, but I'm going up there. My a couple of my boys are coming in town for some practices. I got a couple of boys on the team already. I oh. got to go see them. But are you going to be? Are you going to be at the facility today or, or later this? Not week? today, but later this week I will. Let's do it. All right, I'll put right. you through Quick a workout. One. Quick one, Matt. Here we go. Quick. Hurry. One. All right, one. this is a great one. Uh, congratulations chimes in here on the YouTube <laughs> comment section. Why don't teams employ a seven foot or taller tight end that you could just lob passes to in the end zone and block kicks on special teams? You find an athletic one to do it. You 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 let yeah. the league know. They're looking, believe me, they're finding basketball players all over the world. It's not as easy as you think. And you gotta think too, that guy that's gonna catch that ball is gonna get hit so hard. So as right soon as the, the, right he's the ribs extended way up here. Oh, don't break my ribs, Mr. <laughs> DB. <laughs> Guys, also, if you're seven really foot, really hard. If you're seven foot, good luck getting off the line of scrimmage. Uh, like, good luck having some DN that's like 
Brandon Graham, who's six foot one, who's just going to eject you back. Because I've never seen a seven footer that's over 270 pounds that can run, right? Yeah. All those seven footers are all lanky, super skinny. Like they can't run, run. Like they can get up and down the basketball court, but like to run a post route over the middle and not have a four two safety you, you'd have sprinting to line at you to kill you. Yeah, you'd have to You're line dead. them up They're out. So you couldn't line them up on the actual line, right? Because a defensive end no. would just get leverage. But if you Dude, put them outside tell you, against the corner. Do not let him release. Do not I mean, let him release. Yeah, they just wouldn't let him release. Like, those guys aren't like quick twitch guys. I've never seen a seven-footer that's like. like Inflatable, too. Just like. Brandon Graham's literally just Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant's trying to run a corner route. Like, no. No. It's not how this I'd works. love to see it happen. At some point, I you probably it. will see, like in the NBA, you not now you see seven footers who like agility like guards. So at some point, are we going to get a six no. foot yeah, ten guy? How that, big are they? Dude? No. They're like a hundred eighty yeah. pounds, dude. They no. turn sideways and you can't see them. Yeah, no, yeah. you get, get hit, hit in this field. You're going to get <laughs> hit really, really hard, and you have so much mass that it's like almost impossible to miss any part of you. You're going to get really hurt. No, there'll never be a day that you see a seven foot tight end. I could almost mark my words on that. Yeah, right, so I'd, we'll I'd, get- I'd back that. I'd back Con- that. Congratulations. It's a good theory, but as of right it's now. It's a great theory. So, it's like, why don't we have any seven-foot-tall quarterbacks? Yeah. Do you just look over imagine? everybody? Just drop, dropping a pass over the line to a oh, – Always a con. Throw, throw, man. Always a con. Oh, my ribs. Yeah. <laughs> my All right, ribs. Those are your dumb football questions uh, answered every week here on the O-Line Committee. Please click subscribe and the like button to help us spread the word about – this is a brand-new show we just launched – in uh, like early May of 2023. So we're looking forward to the season mm. and uh, looking forward to some more dumb football questions. And maybe next week you can get the backwards white hat memo there, Alex. We'll hook you up. <laughs> Not with this hair. Get out of here. <laughs>